on this week's Off the Back Fence, finals weeks two of the NRL and AFL. We do a quick recap of all the games over the past weekend while also looking forward to the preliminary finals. Little NBA talk, uh, bubble championship decided, MLB championship series also, and a recap of week five of the NFL plus our six-pack of dynasties. So stick around and enjoy the show. All right, all right. Welcome to another week's episode of Off the Back Fence. Uh, you're listening to Was and Coombsy. Coombsy, how are we doing, mate? Doing all right. Just enjoyed a nice little Sunday afternoon Bledisloe Cup in October. Who would have ever thought it, but it's 2020. That's it, mate. Yeah, we are recording a bit earlier this week. A few other engagements early, uh, later in this week, so we're recording a bit earlier, so some of the takes might be a bit premeditated. Um, mate, absolute absolute terror of a weekend for sport there was bloody nrl finals afl finals nba mlb there was five group ones across caulfield and ruandwick and we were back to our punting best over the weekend so a lot a lot to get through uh, i don't know about you but i'm very exhausted i'd describe my weekend as money back special Had started off very hot and then after that just picking seconds and thirds doesn't really help the bank balance but does keep money in the tab account that's it, mate. And I was the same. If I could punt as well as I could do with racing Supercoach, I'd be a bit ahead this weekend. But say la vie, we'll, we'll start off with our bread and butter. We'll stick with the NRL. Uh, some, two very, very good games of football over the weekend. We'll start on Friday night. Uh, Roosters 18, Raiders 22. Uh, the Roosters get got their three-peat. Unfortunately, it was three losses to be bounced out of the finals in straight sets. Uh, the Raiders fantastic. Uh, what did you make of the game, mate? Oh, I, I made these two teams love playing against each other. Oh, it's, start, um, it's definitely starting to be into one of those new rivalries, similar to what the Broncos Cowboys rivalries have been. Anything to do with the Storm, Manly, all those kind of ones. Yeah, I'm just like it's, it was a great game. The early head knock to Luke here, he kind of shook the Roosters, and you could see that. And like I think the Roosters, I think a couple of key Roosters players were playing injured. Tedesco, as we found out now, has got an MCL strain that happened during the game, but he does he didn't look at the best. Jake Friend playing coming back from another head knock, which is worrying. Boyd Cord also with head knocks, but yeah, the Raiders are really just knowing how to grind out wins, and it's going to be a tough one against Melbourne on Friday night or th- yeah. Saturday night. No, no, Friday night, mate. I've got tickets. Yeah, i got tickets to it, so we'll be going to that one. Um, Yeah, Raiders outstanding that first 20, 25 minutes. They were just firing on all cylinders. Really had the Roosters on the back foot from the get-go. Um, there was a comment, I think it was from Andrew John, saying Jack Wyden is the best player in the comp at the moment. Now, I think that's very recency bias because I think there's a couple of 5.8s that are going around a little bit better than he is at the moment. Yeah, um, monster. <laughs> when he's healthy, even Cody Walker. But he was unbelievable. Whiten was just an everything on Friday night. You had – now, I think I think it's a credit to the Raiders. They t- talked about George Williams coming in, but he has just taken that team by the scruff of the neck and just started to direct around. They had that with Aiden Caesar last year, uh, but George Williams has just opened up Jack Whiten's game so much this year, I feel. Yeah, like I think the Raiders. Yeah, as you said, George Williams is the best 
best halfback they've had for a long time. But Jack White and he's organising. He's a big game player, but like that forward pack of um, Josh Papali and Joe Tappany, those two are just they're meter eaters for him. They're giving him the right. They're getting him off the front foot well, and that's what you need in the finals. Two big guys in the forward pack leading them. Yeah, Tarpano has really come into his own. There was a lot of criticism. Uh, I think it was late last year of of his performances, but this year he, you can't fault him. It's the same. But Papali's turning into Mister Consistent in the front row. He's just he's just too good. He's he's turning into the informed prop of the of this year. To be fair, um, but yeah, they were fantastic. The Raiders, the Roosters, unfortunately, obviously going for the three P didn't really. Uh, I think the wheels are just starting to fall off. A lot of injuries. I think a lot of tiredness too. Like the comment was made, it's been 18 straight weeks of football leading into the finals. No breaks, nothing. Um, I feel that was one of the factors led to them uh, bowing out so early in the finals. Yeah, and uh, I said off mic to you. I think maybe there could be some egos at play at the Roosters. Yeah, with the the comments coming out this week that Tedesco wants a six year contract at a mill a piece, it's someone who's the wrong side of twenty seven or twenty five, I believe, and then um, with bad injury luck with knees. So that's either coming from the players' management or it's a leak source. But stuff like that does um, disjoint the playing group when that stuff starts coming out. I think we have we spoken. I don't know if we've spoken about this on the pod, but I, for the life of me, can't see any player deserving a million dollar contract unless your name's Cameron Smith or Tamalolo. It's Jonathan. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, it goes back to that point. I can't see with the salary cap of nine point four and potentially going lower next year due to restrictions on COVID. I just don't understand why teams will throw a million dollars for a player, uh, especially when it chews up nearly 20% of your cap or 10% of your cap, sorry. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous in my eyes. Uh, like, and you can't ju- – I can't really justify it. Then the biggest thing is on name. It's these young followers getting big contracts. And I sound like old man yelling at cloud, but it's, it's based on like – Potential, not actual consistency, which is a bit of a shame. And I think that's where a lot of teams have gone forward. So hopefully they don't pay him I'm personally. I think he's definitely worth the money, but not that much. Yeah. Not, not over a six-year a six contract shouldn't be handed out for anyone over, I'd say, in 25. Because, yeah, yeah, you are hitting your peak at your 27, 28, 29. But he's got a injury luck of bad injury luck of bad knees and... Bad knees just generate further down the career. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right, mate. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll touch on it also. Uh, Mitchell Orbison uh, bowing out of the game. He'll finish up the end of this year. Three hundred and six games for the Roosters. Only one club man, which is fantastic to see. I'm a big fan of that. Record uh, Mr. holder. Record holder. Yeah, um, Mister Fix It in a lot of eyes. He was just in everything with the Roosters. A couple of premierships. Um, I found him a fantastic, very underrated player. Maybe should have played maybe one or two Origins when they were very low, but a fantastic uh, clubsman, and I uh, wish him all the best for his retirement. Yeah, love Big Orbo. Like, he's just someone you need in the team. He's a glue guy. He's always going to be there. He'll take whatever role you need, centres, wingers. I think he even played part of a game on the wing once because they had to fill in. I'm so pretty he, sure he. I'm pretty sure he played five eight at one stage too. Yeah, 
Like he's going to, yeah. that's the type of guy every club needs. And God, I wish the Broncos had someone like that who no matter, they don't care what their pay packet is, they're going to just come in and play wherever they need to. They're going to be the um, glue guy to come in and fit the hole they need. Yeah, that's it. Well, um, yeah, like we mentioned, the Raiders, they move on to the next week. They take on the Melbourne Storm up at Suncorp. I will be attending. Uh, last big game of football probably here in Brisbane for a, for a couple of months anyway. So that should be an absolute cracker. Um, like we said, we're recording a bit early, so it'd be no, there's no point doing the line or the over under. I reckon. Um, how would you? How do you actually see the game? I see this is going to be the replay of last year's um, final preliminary final in Melbourne, where the Raiders stuck through a win. But I think the Storm are just. I think this is, I'm going to say, this is their year. I've jinxed teams before saying this, but like the Storm are just, they're ready to go. They've, they've got everything set in motion. They're not just, last year I think they were a bit indecisive of the halves, which cost them the finals, but they've settled on the halves. They've got a good solid backup on the bench. Their back line's just, their back line's immaculate. And their forwards are just now starting to hit their straps. Yeah, I think they've they've just found another level. Like we, it's said every year. They there's not going to be their year. They're not going to succeed. Bellamy just keeps producing, mate. And like you like you mentioned, they've moved Jerome Hughes from fullback to halfback. You got Pappenhausen, who was a bench player last year, who's now probably the form form fullback of the comp, and potentially could be a bolter for the number one for New South Wales especially with Tedesco being injured. I I think it'll be a tight contest, but I still see the Storm just finding that level and going on like a 10 or 15-minute period of just blitzing the Raiders. Yeah. So, but that'll be fantastic. It'll be good. That's uh, on Friday night, so that'll be uh, that'll be really good. Now the second game, and then another fun stat, obviously, both home teams in the, fi- the second round of the finals, both lost. So the Parramatta Eels, 24 uh, got defeated by the South Sydney Rabbitohs 38 uh, at Bank West. I'm not a big fan of Parramatta, so I was happy to see them lose, but it, it was tough to see. Um, the Rabbitohs, they've just been unbelievable the last three weeks. Like the, Actually, the back, the back end of the season, to be fair. just they, It was mentioned last night in the broadcast on Fox that even if they don't have a plan A, they've still got a plan B, C, D, and E. So they're not like they're not flustered when some some things don't go wrong or right. To be fair, yeah, and I think like I've said to you via text and stuff, Wayne Bennett, I think he's got more attacking weapons than he's ever had. Mm. I think even better than the early nineties with the Broncos. Like he got Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, who was a great game manager, kicking games probably the best. That, best in the league for, by by far. And then he's got a mobile forward pack. The back line, there's no real big standout stars after um, the Trell Mitchell's been out, but they're all just doing their jobs. They're all they're all clicking together, working well, and just playing for each other. Yeah, that's right. And especially after that little 12-minute blitz where Parramatta scored three quick tries, which I was very, very impressed with how all of those... Gutherson in that 12-minutes was dead set world beater. Um, just, just in everything as a good supporting fullback, and it was it was good to see they got up eighteen to six, but then South just beat the wheels off them. 
Yeah. Like it was 18 6 at half time, and then South went on an absolute tear. Yeah. Gutho got called into the New South Wales um, squad, and I think Freeze already put his hand up to say that he'll be playing in the centres. So, what do you think about that? Look, I'm. I don't know. I thought I thought that they had a. I suppose last year was a bit different. They chucked fullbacks. Well, I suppose they're still doing the same thing, but those fullbacks aren't available. They're injured, so Travojevic is gone. Uh, Jack Whiten will probably be in the squad. He could be one of your centres. So Gutherson going into the other centre may be an option. I think there was also conversation that he could be the fourteen. I don't know if that's a, a very good role for him. I feel like he's more of a role player, not a utility off the bench. Um, but just reserve, just reward with him. I know it was 18th man. I think it was Melbourne or last year. Uh, or no, it was Perth. Sorry, he was Perth. He was the 18th man. Um, so he's he's always been on the cusp. But I think this year might be his year where he breaks in with a few injuries. Um, Rabbitohs, yeah, like you mentioned, Cody Walker has been up there as the best player in the comp for the last eight weeks. Adam Reynolds' kicking game has been unbelievable. Corey Allen, once again, was in everything. Um, yeah, like it's it, you just can't keep. I just can't keep finding words for him. Like, mm. so I, I say, Parramatta for what they had to go through with that bombshell earlier in the day with Michael Jennings having a failing a drug test and yeah. then losing two of their star star wingers. To how they turned up and played, like you can't. They've played. They had. They. Brought a little bit of a siege mentality game plan. Yeah. And they knew if they could have kept it up, they probably would have beat them. But I think South class has shot out Sean in the end. Yeah, no, definitely. It was I think it was highlighted too at the very end of the game. Um Parramatta huddled and Gutherson he, he wasn't it looked like he was giving him a serve, but it was far from it. He was basically just telling them that this is not the end. Like this is a fantastic building block for next year. Like nothing to be like nothing to be ashamed of. Like obviously getting beaten in straight sets in the finals isn't fun, but like this is a Parramatta side that hasn't had that resolve for a lot of years. Um, this is going on 35 years since their last premiership, so it's starting to weigh them on. I feel, but I think they've got a squad. They've got a good squad. Now, I don't want to bag the bloke, but it couldn't have happened to it happened to a nicer bloke. But Mitchell Moses kicking the post to even it up at twenty all, and then it goes around, the, <laughs> and then it goes the opposite way, and South score and basically just ice the game from there. Um, is he cursed? Oh, I think either that or the um, Tigers voodoo they sent out on him after his um, very disgraceful e- exit from the Tigers. I think that was a bit of witch- witchcraft from there. Someone was yeah. poking a certain part of his doll to make sure he missed that. Sure, it wasn't Ryan Madison, mate. I believe I believe the quote that Ryan Madison said on the way out of West is like, "I want to go to a club that wins. I'm out." Oh, well, you I hate to see that, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's just Mitchell Bowes' curse. I think it's Parramatta's curse. Like you got to feel for it. Like you had Hyde the poor bastard. It's a robbed by a salary cap rorty team of the storm. Then gets like goes the two thousand and one grand final. They're top of the table, hardly lost a game, and then Joey and the Knights just turn up and just thump them that night. So yeah, matter as a whole, I think is just curse. Yeah, I I think they're in the right direction though, which is good. They got Dylan Brown there. He had a good game. I, I think he's a bit underdone. I think they rushed him back in, but he was probably the more uh, more creative half. Like I think he took a lot of pressure off Mitchell Moses, which in games really helped him. 
Um, yeah, like it, it is what it is. It's, you can't take anything away from South, though. So they move on to play the minor premiers Penrith. And I think that's at ANZ on Saturday night. So that'll be it. I, I honestly think these two prelims will be up there with some of the games of the, like I, they say decade, but we've just started the decade, I suppose. Um, I think, I think South will give Penrith a good run for their money. I think they will really, really push them. Yeah. Um, yeah. South Penrith, it's going to be a toss of the coin. Are Penrith, Penrith lost, Penrith, are they ready to win? Win the big games. They look like it against the Roosters, but I think the Roosters, as we've seen, are were a team completely out of form. South are a team in form. Penrith are a team in form. But if I was going to pick, I'd go South because Wayne Bennett has the has the ability to pick a player, pick pick a group of players ready to go in a big game. Yeah, he's, he's the original coach, coach whisperer. Yeah, I. I'm. I sort of want South to win too. Like I, I don't know why. I, I'm been. I've been a big fan of Penrith all year. I just something about South at the moment. Even it was the same against the Knights in this in the Eels too. They didn't get flustered when they were down, and I feel that'll be the same if the Penrith Panthers go out on a blitz like they did against um, the Roosters, where they got behind but then came storming back for that good twenty minute period. I just feel that South will just keep with them, and then as soon as they start to get tired, they just attack. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But you could see chinks in that Penrith. They started to foster when um, Roosters started coming back at them against last week. Yeah, that's right. And and South have got at the right time too. They've got the firepower to really make it make it a thing. So I think early on, I'll probably go Rabbitohs. I'll have to look at the line and the um, the odds throughout the week, but. Mate, two great prelims to look forward to. We may move on to the other code, the AFL. They're in line with uh, the NRL at the moment. So, now, do you, before we start, do you want to apologize to St. Kilda fans everywhere or what? Yes, I'll put my hand up and apologize to St. Kilda fans for putting the mocker on them. I feel incredibly sorry. And yeah, but like, don't hold, don't keep your head down. You've, you exceeded expectations this year, and I think you're building for a good couple of years. That was big of you, mate. Well done. Um, so what he's talking about is uh, Richmond, 12-8-80, defeated St. Kilda, 6-13-49. Uh, not the shit pumping I was thinking. I honestly thought that Richmond would really give it to them. Uh, but, mate... I, I was at the pub for this. Uh, I was just in between the two games, so I was looking, and every time I looked, it looked like Richmond got out to an absolute flyer and really just they just put them away throughout the game. Obviously, St. Kilda putting 49 points on, but just couldn't get in uh, striking distance to keep up with them. Yeah, like as we've talked about the NRL, um, teams going on a blitz. St. Kilda couldn't hang with them when Richmond went for the blitz, and that's that class that Richmond have shown over the last couple of years, winning two two premierships out of three, is like that helps when it comes to finals football. As we all know, like you need to have guys who have big game experience and don't get flustered. And that's what Richmond did. They came out hard, held on when St Kilda started to fight back and it'll be good. 
Yeah, definitely. And it seems like they'll have their full squad too. Tom Lynch only getting a fine of $750. I didn't see the incident, but it looked like he kneed a bloke on the ground. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, he's kneed a guy. The mo- someone I've seen comments about the only thing he needs to be worried about is knee being kneed. Tom, as we said during our testing, Tom Lynch has now becoming a bit of a pest. And most teams like having a pest. Every supporter base loves having a pest, but... He's, play, he's playing with a fine line. There's, there's, as being a person who is a pest on a field, there is, there's a fine line to being a pest or being a thug. And sometimes it's who, it depends on what side of the field you're on that they decide, people to describe you as. Yeah. And there, like you said, there is a fine line. You can tow it, but you've got to realize if that same incident happened again this week when they go up in the prelim, he could be cut from the if they do when he's gone from the pre he's gone from the grand final, mm. and that's that weighs heavily on a player, especially if they never get back to it. Um, yeah. So Richmond, fantastic on Friday night. So they take on Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval Friday night six fifty. So in line with the uh, the Storm Raiders game. Now I saw a tweet saying that everybody in Melbourne will be probably be following Richmond, but I've it, it was like no. No, that's not the case. <laughs> I think it's going to be a great, great game. Port Adelaide are just—it's theirs to lose. Yeah, especially Minor at home. Give you yeah. the home field, and yeah, it's just they've got the, they're going to have the crowd to himself, really, because you're not going to get travelling fans, which sometimes do help in finals football. Yeah, definitely, but. Hats off to Richmond. Uh, congratulations to St Kilda. Obviously, they were Nathan's. Uh, <laughs> Team of Destiny, uh, but it looks like we've only got the one left now. So uh, better like yeah, the real <laughs> team. That's it. Uh, so the second final Saturday night. This was a shit pumping. Like this is the definition of it. Uh, Geelong fifteen ten a hundred defeated Collingwood five two thirty two. Mind you, through three quarters, Collingwood had seven points. I saw that, and I. I- I caught the cat replay on KO this morning while so I, had, I could stay up to date and I was looking every time the thing I was like, oh, to be, yeah, seven points for most of the game was not, is not a good look. I think, I think Geelong took the foot off the throat in that last quarter knowing that they could just cruise through and just go through the motions and take the W. Yeah, that's it. And I think Geelong, it was the same as Richmond, I feel. It's, they would have been absolutely gutted to lose last week and they've just come out firing. Just incredible. I just, I don't know. I. It's really tough to fathom that a team was just so dominant in a final, especially when you got to get up for it. But the, Collingwood may have played their grand final against West Coast over in Perth the week before and by winning by a point. And the old travel thing that they all, that seems to be always the big debate is the West to East travel. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Collingwood. Uh, from what I've been reading, are a team in limbo. Do they do they start gutting it, or do they try to rebuild with what pieces they have, or start trading away pieces um, to get higher draft picks? Because they are an aging squad, I believe. Yeah, I if it, if they are an aging squad, you really got to start thinking about the future. Is Buckley still the coach? Yeah, Buckley's still the coach. The yeah. big problem on this off season is Jordan Ngoi. 
All right. Um, he's up for new contracts, so it's either he's going to leave. Do they try to gain something back in cons- from another club when he goes, or do they try to um, throw the throw the checkbook at him to keep him? Because he is a key yeah. member of that forward pocket for him. And you got to think, obviously, if there's aging members, I'm pretty sure Pendlebury's still there. He's 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 on the other side of thirty. I'm pretty sure. Uh, there was a lot of chatter around Mason Cox too. I don't know what you need. You need a big man like Cox. He's an outstanding talent. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's tough very one. polarizing down here in Melbourne with the Collywood fans. One week they love him, the next week they they don't want to they want to um, send him back on a ship back to the US. Yeah, but oh, excuse me. Yeah, sorry, I'm bloody yawn mid uh, good radio. That um, bit of other news with uh, Geelong, Tom Hawkins, the big fella, 600 goals in the AFL. So congratulations to him. Big night for him. Gorgeous man. He is a very good looking bloke, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, this it takes another man to admit that. It takes one man to admit that another man's gorgeous, and you can say he's a good looking bloke. He's hmm. definitely up there for what probably the best best on ground for the looks of the department in the AFL. He's an, he's he's got eyes, doesn't he? He's got something about his eyes. Yeah, I think it's the eyes. Yeah, a bit of a blue seal going on. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, and so Geelong taking on the Brisbane Lions at the Gabba Saturday night six forty. Lions are favorite early favorites. Uh, week off. This will be huge if they get into the grand a home grand final. Oh, I think this is this is I this will be the one of the only real AFL games I'll probably watch live other than the grand final all year. And yeah. like, is it worth sneaking a person, a couple of people into our house to watch it? Because this is gonna well, this is a this has got that big game feel like. Oh, You've got definitely. a team on the up and up. You've got the old champion. It's going to be like an old boxing fight. There's going to be a couple of rounds of just sitting there tapping away, searching each other, and then hopefully when it comes down to the last round, they'll just be sit, standing out on their feet just throwing haymakers. What, oh, it's, it's what you love about sport. It's going to be tough. I might have to chuck on the split screen to have two things going with the uh, panthers Rabbitohs game. Because you'll you'll want to watch it. This is why I need two extra two screens so I can just set it up and have two things going in full screen. But Brisbane at home, it's very tough to beat. I'm backing them in. I really hope they just absolutely tail up Geelong going straight into the GF. I, will there be a grand final parade here in Brisbane? Why not? Why not bring a flotilla? Have a grand final flotilla down the Brown Snake. Uh, put the trophy on. Put the trophy on the city cat. Let it rip. Let go, Let everyone stand on the banks at the south at South Bank and around the city, just waving flags. It, that's just that's the way. To, that's the way of the future. Is it too early to jump the crow and to say they go you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning celebration celebrate on the Brown Snake? No, I don't see why you can't. Like, it's not going to be as glorious, but I've seen a couple of jet skis. The old um, paddle boat, the old stand up paddleboard. Have the city cap pull up next to um, Howard Street Wharf and just throw back some tins. That's it. Well, that some big big matchups this week. Uh, God, we're gonna have our, we're gonna have our bloody schedule ruined again. Talking about other finals, mate. We should talk about the NBA uh, on Saturday. Miami pushed the Lakers to overtime. 
Uh, Jimmy Butler was unbelievable. Uh, going, I think he went 47 minutes, got them over the line and forced a game six. But as we're recording as of the moment, uh, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers 2020 champions. Uh, LeBron, fourth chip, fourth finals MVP. Uh, first player in history to win three titles with three different franchises. Uh, no. Oh, Sorry, there's, there's at least Danny Gray, Danny Green is another three P with um, three different teams: San Antonio, Rain, um, Raptors, oh. and the Lakers. And I think there's two more before them. I forgot about that. Yeah, no. So, well, they they plugged it up for him anyway. Maybe it was that Finals MVP with three different teams. Yeah, that might have been. But either way, Lakers win. Um, fairy tale finish, obviously for them. With um, like we spoke about earlier, Kobe Bryant's passing at the start of the year. They were just a different breed in the finals. Uh, LeBron was just LeBron with a fantastic supporting cast. AD, uh, the Caruso show, very, very good. So, yeah, they got, I'm sorry. Or White Mamba. No, that's Brian, Mamba. No, that's Brian Scallop uh, Brini, mate. That's that's the White Mamba there. I'm um, still calling him the, the Balding Mamba then. The Balding Mamba works. Yeah, I could deal with that. He's about 24. He's He's got a receding hairline worse than me at the moment. So, but yeah, Lakers win it. Uh, end of the NBA season. Well, I don't know when they're coming back, obviously. They've just finished up today. But yeah, Lakers unbelievable during the finals. LeBron was just LeBron. He deserved the MVP. Probably the regular season MVP also, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, they got up today pretty convincingly. But yeah, how did you find it, mate? Pretty good. I ended up watching most of it. Like, after the that's the second quarter when they absolutely stomped out to come to a twenty eight point lead at half time, you knew there was no way coming back. My bet at the time of um, Lakers plus no minus four and a half was looking safe, and I was wishing that Tabby was paying out early. But you could just see like the Lakers had the legs, they had the support staff, and the Heat just ran out in the end. Like Jimmy Butler still went down swinging like anyone. Uh, like he does, but I just think the Heat just ran out of gas in the end. Yeah, and I agree with you, mate. I think he's had a massive finals to really get Miami all the way to the finals. I'd be stunned if Pat Riley doesn't try to build a team around him. Like They've got mm-hmm. some fantastic young pieces, but if they don't start bringing in extra players, they, they've got a solid side. They just need an extra piece or two, I feel. Yeah, and like they've got cap space, but yeah, just... The Heat are going to, I think, could end up being the dominant team in the East. The Raptors could be getting tired. The 76ers are dysfunctional as ever. The Celtics seem to be just the perennial chokers at the moment. And the New York Knicks are just a basket case of um, failure. Yeah, your team, eh? Yeah. Yeah, not good. But you forgot one other team, the other side of the river there in New York, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, they're useless. Kyrie's already screaming and um, bitching about anything. Steve Nash is already on notice. So I reckon Steve Nash will be looking for a new job halfway through the season after putting up with Kyrie's shit half a season. Yeah, but you do forget that the second best player, well, first in my opinion, but the second best NBA player is coming back from a pretty big injury. So... No one I think I think I think, I think the I think I think the Nets will be very frisky next year, mate. I really, really do. It'll be interesting because an Achilles injury is in a sport of basketball where it is jumping is part of your that mechanic the mechanical work. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he comes back. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully his shot's still there. He's one of the most electric shooters going. Um, also, congrats to Dwight Howard. I forgot that about winning his, uh, winning his championship in Orlando. Who would have thought it? Oh, full circle. For- <laughs> Bit of a basket case. And then I was watching live. I wanted J.R. Oh, Smith, M- finals MVP yet again with um, shirt coming off. Don't think he got any game time again. Mate, and, two, um, two, two seconds yeah. into the celebration, the top was off. It was incredible. And then the boy is leaving Quinn Cook back at the um, arena. <laughs> he was on Instagram Live asking for someone to turn the bus around and come pick him up. Make a U-turn. What do you, I, can't, I have to get my own ride back after running a wing, ring. Fantastic. Yeah, also I did read all just before we went uh, to record, uh, Anthony Davis made a FaceTime to DeMarcus Cousins, former teammate. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins actually eligible for a championship ring, which is good to know. Uh, I think he went down with a pretty serious injury early in the season, yeah, which is ACL. unfortunate. Yeah, so that's that's good that they'll recognize him as a champion too, even if it was only for a one-year deal. Uh, but yeah, the end of the NBA. So we're, we're winding down to the end of all American sport until they go into their reduced summer camps. Uh, the other one we might quickly touch on is the MLB. Uh, they've moved into their championship series in the uh, yeah into both conferences. So just that started today. Uh, the Astros actually getting beaten by the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Tampa Bay Rays, the most electric team in baseball. Uh, so they're one up at the moment, and it leads into tomorrow, which the Rays are playing the Astros again, but the Dodgers and the Braves. So the one and two in the NL. Um, I know, I haven't really been paying too much attention to the MLB. It's been one of a, it's been a bit of a shit show. Most of the season with teams being forced to postpone games and whatnot. I think the sideshow was that people were hoping that there was going to be a couple of um, headhunters thrown at the Astros, but um, batters when they came out to bat. Yeah. Spin zone, though, I reckon next year is going to be brutal for the Astros. Yeah. Not this year. With the 60-game season, you can't, you couldn't really afford to lose too many games. Um and give up too many runs. They had to make the most of what you had. So, yeah, so the MLBs, that's wrapping up also, which will be the conclusion of most American sports. But the one that's powering through, postponement, COVID, the NFL, we're into week five. Bit of a backwards week. We were talking about it earlier today. A few upsets. Mm, you got um, the Kansas Chiefs, Chiefs going down to – Oakland, um, the 49ers losing to Fitzmagic and the Dolphins, and um, Tom Brady showing early signs of Alzheimer's by forgetting to, um, his down count and losing to the Bears and Big Dick Nick. Yeah, that was that was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but in saying that, a couple of really cracking games this morning, and I'm probably highlighted by the Sunday night game, the Seahawks getting up over the Vikings 27-26. They're five and zero. The Seahawks. Russell Wilson just keeps firing. Uh, that last touchdown to get the lead with I think it was about fifteen or thirty seconds to go. Sorry to DK Metcalf. It was just peak Russell Wilson just finding the areas. Um, the Vikings being very very good in this game, surprisingly considering they're one and four and been an absolute basket case. Uh, some other notable results: the Browns getting up over the Colts. I know we were on opposite ends of this game. Uh, Rams beating the Washington football team, but a bit of a feel-good story. Uh, Alex Smith coming back after, I think it was about 630-odd days from when he did that incredibly bad 
uh, leg fracture that nearly Seven. cost him his life. Uh, so that was good. I did see a tweet that is like, this is not a Disney movie. Get the pressure on Alex Smith and light him up. I thought that was a bit, <laughs> hey, how, how are we going? But but it was good to see him back in the thing. But uh, on the other, on the flip side of it, we get, get Alex Smith back and we lose Dak Prescott. Um, a very similarly interested ankle turn in a right angle and someone, um, Tony Romo, put an interesting tweet out saying, it's just a cramp, get up and shake it off. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, "That." I don't think CBS are paying Tony Romo that much money to make a call that bad. Um, but yeah, it, it was a straight clean break and a, I think it was a dislocation of the ankle, right ankle. Uh, he had surgery a couple of hours just after it, so that's probably the best thing. Yeah, they got straight onto it, which was good. Um, shades of Jarrell Yoye, that still gives me nightmares. Um, but surprisingly, the Dallas Cowboys had a great backup to come into the the, um, the fold and get a win over the zero and five Giants. Uh, Andy Dalton, my boy, yeah, another <laughs> another, another, another redheaded. I'm a big fan of it. Absolute rocket arm. Bit unlucky with Cincinnati, but they, they were always going to get Joe Burrow. Um, so the Cowboys got up thirty seven thirty four. Not many other big. Big like surprises like the Steelers got up over the Eagles to take dominance over uh, Pennsylvania. Cardinals keep rolling; they're three and two. They beat the Jets. Minshew mania is not really coming back this season with um, the Jags against the Texans. Yeah, the Texans found another gear today, which was nice. Uh, obviously, the coaching change. I think I think I heard last week their interim coach is seventy seven years old. I don't. I do not know how that works or how he can see a football field. At all. But anyway, uh, and the Panthers, surprise packet. They keep rolling without Christian McCaffrey. They got up over the hapless uh, Falcons, about to say Eagles, uh, 23-16. So pretty stock standard week. There's a few upsets. The big one, obviously, the Chiefs getting done by the Raiders. Uh, uh, I guess the Raiders have found the blueprint. I, it was the early game on seven mates, so I didn't get to catch anything except for the last probably four, four minutes. Um, so, yeah. Bit of a bit of a weird week, so mate. I think we'll do our uh, six pack. So six pack yep. this week, dynasties, or as Coonsie likes to call it, dynasties. I don't know how. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So dynasties, sporting dynasties. Uh, there's been a few the over time. Total. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna probably rank our. Yeah, we'll, we'll go six again. You reckon, mate? Yeah, we'll go six again. You start off this week. Right, okay. So, number one for me, probably Duck Dynasty. Great TV show. Uh, Seven Made is just incredible dynasty. Those guys, their beards, just how they continue to just press on season after season. Fantastic dynasty. Uh, Who's your number one pick? My number one pick will be the 92-93 Broncos team with young um, Langer, Wendell Saylor, Kevin Walters, Willie Kahn, Steve Renouf. And Glenn Lazarus. Right. Well, so what are, are, we, are, we, are, we, are we are we classing a dynasty as two years? Are we two championships? Hundred percent we are. That was a that was the benchmark in NRL to go back to back as a dynasty. Yeah, all right. Okay. No, that's all right. Well, obviously we started in eighty eight, so getting back to back those two years obviously set the foundation hmm. for the club for its uh, first. And we didn't miss finals. Until 2009 or 8? 10, I think Come it was. 10, yeah. Yeah. So that's a dynasty. Yeah, that's one that, part eight dynasty. 
part of a dynasty, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, right. So I'll go number two. Number two dynasty for me. I'll have to go probably with the Miami Heat with LeBron. I think that was a they they had the championship going. They obviously won in 06 against the Mavs, um, but then obviously to go, did they get three? Did they get they three out of four? Two, they got two out of four. Two out of four. Oh, that's right. The, Ma- the Mavs beat them and the San Antonio Spurs beat them, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so we can class that as a dot. And a real success too for Miami. That really put them on the map. They were flailing a bit with just D-Wade there. They didn't have too many stars. Um, but as soon as that announcement, it sort of said, it was the catalyst uh, for big, big threes. Three. Yeah. Well, you could always say that the Boston big three was the first one, but they only won one. So, um, yeah, I'll go the Miami Heat. Um Number two for my pick. I did see that team live in 2014, and that was they were just incredible. Who's your number two, mate? Number two is the 97 through to the 2000 Broncos with them winning the Super League, um, the 1998 first the NRL, missed the 99 finals, and then won the 2000 finals. So to me, that's a di- dynasty. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you that. They didn't miss the finals in '99. They were eighth, and they got pumped by the Sharks, who, yeah, who, then, who, who then went got then went got beaten the next week or week. I think after. Alan Langer walked out halfway through the season to take up a spot at Warrington or Wigan. Yeah, no Warrington. Yeah, mate, it was. I, I was in tears. I was ten years old. That that was that yeah, was such I, a bad period of my life. I thought I the do, world was ending. Oh yeah, I do remember like. At school, when you were playing rugby league, people would all of a sudden just turn in their backs on the Broncos because they're losing. It's probably happening now, but I'm still going to, I'll still hold my head up. Um, Broncos flag proud and high. Yeah, 100%, mate. Right, number three. Oh, that's a good. This, we were talking about this. I think as a dynasty as a whole, you, you couldn't go past the New England Patriots as. Yeah. And it, it pains me to say it because I don't know if they listen to it. I've got friends who've obviously followed the Patriots and probably followed them from when they actually started winning, not before the bad days. Uh, but yeah, you can't you can't dismiss what they've done since about two thousand and oh, well, two thousand essentially when they drafted Tom Brady, uh, winning in 01, I think it was 03. Obviously, losing the perfect season wasn't good for that, but then they just kicked it into another gear. Was it six rings? Six rings, yeah, over a span of, oh, say, 13 years, 13 or 16 years. Don't yeah. really count me on that. Yeah, there was. It's, it's a crazy stat. It's like Brady featured in the AFC Championship for, a, for I don't know how, what stretch of that 13 years. Like, he was always in the mix. Over and a pa- quarter of his career has been spent at the Super Bowl. Yeah, incredible. And, yeah, just an amazing franchise to obviously – It's a, they, they remind me of Melbourne, if that was a comparison – it's just they. It's just role players. They can bring in anybody. Like they've done it over the yeah. years with what their system is. It's a bit different now, obviously, with a running quarterback. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if the dynasty re-kicks um, with Cam under center. Uh, but they'll be my number three pick, I reckon. So what do you um, got? My number three is I'll keep with the rugby league and just say the mighty Maroons from two thousand six to two thousand fourteen. Yeah, we were talking about this, and you said, "Oh, you can have that one." I thought, "No, I'll, uh, that's that's a that's a oh, what?" Oh, I can remember, the, I can remember that third game in two thousand six, watching the game, and I was like, "Oh, we just fucking lost for the fourth time, having a tantrum in the house," and then to go on a win, and then the night that we lost, the, the year we lost, I was working in Carartha, oh, Carnarvon, 
And for this game two, I flew back and I didn't realize my flight time. So I, when I realized it, I was meant to be flying home during the middle of the game, but I decided when I landed to Perth that I may delay my flight on purpose. So I caught the red high home and called a cab to the Crow Casino and just carried um, then carried on with a couple of friends and had a little bit of tantrum and was asked to leave by security. <laughs> was that, after, that, that, after yelling out, Jared Hayden, you are a dickhead. You know what? That doesn't surprise me because I've seen you at the casino after an origin. Was it origin when we went to? Yeah, well, you were trying to explain craps to me and I was just throwing money down and then I realised I spent two weeks rent in the space of 20 minutes. Hey, look, that night in Vegas for me was just electric, so I thought I just thought I knew what I was doing. Now, to, to continue on my theme, I'm probably going to go Melbourne, Melbourne Storm. Yep. They've been they've been the benchmark for, yeah, since about 2006. They've been in the mix with finals. Uh, Bellamy's just, he's just changed. I feel like he's changed the coaching standard. Like it's always been Wayne Bennett and he'll, Wayne Bennett will probably be the best to go down as probably a man manager. He's obviously not the biggest tactician at the moment. But as a man manager, that's Wayne Bennett. But with Bellamy, he is the whole package, I feel. And what he's done for Melbourne to really put Melbourne on the map for rugby league is just incredible. Minus the scandal, obviously, the books, um, those two strip premierships, they got those premierships back and some. Um, and they've just continued to produce. Well, let's be honest, they've had two, maybe three immortals in the mix most of those years. Yeah. And then Greg, oh, you can say four. Eventually, Greggins will be counted as an immortal. Yeah, I yeah. But would you would you put Greg Inglis under South Sydney or Melbourne? Melbourne. I think he played his best football at Melbourne. Right. Yeah. No, I can agree he was with the most that. I can, player at that time for Melbourne. He yeah, I can. Feet. I can. I can definitely see him getting if he does become an immortal and they, like and I know we don't it doesn't get picked on who you played for like the NFL or MLB or whatever it is, but if it was like you could have the argument that he won South's first premiership in who knows how long I can't remember the stat, so he was quite instrumental to that. But yeah, my uh, my fourth pick, yeah, we're up to four, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So fourth pick was Melbourne, like just incredible to watch. You hate to see it, but you know what it is. My fourth pick will be. Oh, I'm gonna Manchester United. Even though I hate to like say it, like, you are from, pandering to your brother. I know I am. Don't. I know I am. I know I am. But I have to admit it. Like where credits due, Alex Ferguson took a team in the not from in the late '80s, early through the '90s, through the 2000s, and won a title. I'm not even. I'm not even going to admit how many of the won, but they won. A fair few, and they just kept on winning. But and you can see once he left, the wheels kind of fell off. And over since then, they've just been a, um, one of those little clubs in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I I do have to admit my entrance into Premier League football was United because I think it was Beckham. Beckham but even yeah. so, but even so, going further into the early two thousands, like man, that Manchester United team was just electric, oh. like. Giggs, yeah. Skulls, young Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, you had Did like the, Teddy Sheridan. Was, oh, was Van der Sar the- Yeah, Van der Sar was a goalkeeper a bit. You had Peter Schmeichel. You had Dwight York, Andy Cole, Nicky Butt, Roy Keane, Rio Ferdinand. You just had like – you had stars come – the Neville brothers. 
you just had they had that much star power and just it just was one of those teams that seemed to clash. No, work together. The only team that really beat beat them up was the Invincibles of Arsenal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that was that was a bit of a one-off year because Arsenal was very good, but just to not lose that yeah. whole season was was incredible. So Manchester United for your fourth, mate. I'm going to go with one that we didn't really discuss, but the Australian cricket team. So there was a period with the Australian cricket team. Yeah, (laughs) there was a period from uh, I don't know when, from about '98 through to '95. We won when we won the Frank Wall in um, the Caribbean. Right. Okay. Right. So I was a bit I was a bit late to the party with that one, but just during the early 2000s up until about 2005, where we lost that Ashes in England. What was it? 18 tests in a row we won? 16 and we got done in the the, oh, the disaster that was um, Chennai. Oh, over in India. New Delhi where um, BBS Laxman and Rahul Jarava just battered India out of the way. Battered yeah. India out of... But, but most like arguably one of the best opening partnerships in test cricket history between Hayden and Langer. Great post this afternoon also, uh, celebrating the great man. Yeah. Uh, Ponting, clearly, obviously, in the mix. Uh, then you had the uh, you had Ian Healy, but moved into Adam Gilchrist with the test keeping. The two war brothers. Yeah. you've Then you had probably the most consistent bowling attack of McGrath, Warren, and then Gillespie. you had a mix, you had a mix of Gillespie, you could had Stuart McGill thrown in when Shane Warne went away for drugs or whatever it was. Sorry Cap- if that was Michael Kasperwitz when we uh, went to India in 2004. Andy Bickle. In. Andy Bickle. Now that's, a, that's a bowler. The, 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 uh, the bloke you could set your bowling to, dead set. He's just electric. And with bat in hand too, he could play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Australian cricket team just during that period, whether it was Tess or one day, there was always blokes stepping up. Another un, like another person, Damian Martin, mm. cover drive extraordinary, oh, stylish batsman, very stylish batsman. But yeah, that would be my fifth pick. Um, my fifth pick will be my 2012 career mode on FIFA with Liverpool, where we won ten straight titles. So and I was. <laughs> I was saying off mic, when I started getting nervous, <laughs> I was going to get sacked. I just turned the settings down to easy so I'd get a couple of wins and then get, get myself like maybe a 30-point gap in the um, the race and then I'll put it back up to hard and then just leap over the line. But, yeah, my, uh, my Liverpool team on FIFA, we didn't – yeah, it's not my uh, proudest dynasty, but, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, right. Now, would we consider losing a dynasty? Yeah, still, like, it's a tradition. Fantastic. Then I'm going to go for the 2015 to 2017 Newcastle Knights. Back to back to back, wooden spoons, an absolute shit show there on the uh, in the Hunter. Rug cheats. Dad Mullen. Oh, I thought you were going the other <laughs> way, right. My apologies. Um, you had to feel, I do have a, I do have a good mate that, is a Newcastle fan um, through and through, even though born in central Queensland. So, mate, he, yeah. Yeah. But, it, like, that's a dynasty. Three back-to-back-to-back to back to back wooden spoons is nothing to shy away from. I feel like that Newcastle think, can bear that. So I think the only other team to come close would be, like, the West, Western Suburbs before the merger, the South before they got cold, yeah. the Western Roos. 
But I think the way that the Knights did it was just incredible, especially because they touted. I think was that. I think that was when Wayne Bennett was still there, yeah. and then, and then Nathan Brown came in and did nothing either. Fathoms me how he got another job, but anyway, that's another story, mate. Uh, your was that my that was my last. So what's your last yeah. pick? Oh, got so I've got four different ones. I got one for AFL going through my head, another soccer one, a basketball one, and another rugby league one. I'm gonna probably give throw out some love to AFL and just say Haw- the Hawthorne Club of the '80s or the 2000s and 10s, where they won. I think they won four in the '80s, and then over the spans of since 2007. I know 2008 through to 2015, they won four. So that's a dynasty as a club. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. There's a lot. There's a few that we've I've missed off my list that were a bit older, but I thought with like we're a bit a bit more relevant. But we'll touch on those in honourable mentions. But yeah, mate, definitely they were incredible during the 80s, from what I've read up on them. Anyway, mm, with Lee Matthews mm. and Big Dip, Dipper. Oh, oh, oh what? Wow. I'm not going to butcher his name. Don't butcher another name, mate. We've got to keep that. We've got to you keep got Jason, that. Yeah, Jason Dunstall. you got Dermot Brennan. So, yeah, they just had the big bodies. And then they, the team of the 2000s, you had Luke Hodge, who I've still got a man crush on, just being a no, real no-frills player. Um, yeah, Jordan Lewis, Sam Mitchell, Buddy Franklin, Jared Ruffhead, and just a bunch of other supporting cast players as well. That's it. Well, that was a good see. Oh, Jesus, I thought we were going to really struggle because we only did it last minute, didn't we? But we sort of nailed it. Did you? Well, there was a few on few on my list for honourable mentions. What do you have? I think I'm just going to bring it back why we picked it. I think we picked it because the the Roosters dynasty ended, so I think we were just dancing on their grave to celebrate. Yeah. Well. I, the, and we potentially we potentially might have a guest on next week who was a big Roosters fan, so that's a bit of a slap on the face. Hopefully he shows up. Um, any other honourable mentions, mate? Um, I'd say Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga and Juventus in the Serie A. Like, I think they're easily six and nine years straight of winning the titles and a pretty yeah. one-sided league. Yeah, true. I had the I was at the sixties and seventies St. George um St. George Dragons, sorry. Yeah. Um incredible run of like eleven titles, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh Dynasty. Say, this is this is this is I'm pandering to my missus, but Dynasty on Netflix, it actually goes all right. Um I'd I'd say home and away is Dynasty. It's still going somehow. Oh what? Don't bring that garbage oh, onto this. Well we say t- things that last forever, home and away last forever. Yeah, so apparently, um, apparently, neighbors too. Yeah, then the Simpsons would say, um, <laughs> yeah, "That's a dynasty. Nothing will beat that." But then um, I'd probably go. Oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue just then. I was still fucking about. I've lost it. That's all right. I've got the Lakers, the early two thousand Lakers too. I had yeah, them as a dynasty Chicago with Shaq Bulls. and Kobe. There you go, the Bulls. Yeah, we we did we did miss that. That like two back to back three peats. Like probably will never be seen again. Hmm. Uh, the Golden State Warriors in the late two that last decade. Um, the Queensland Bulls went on a bit of a tear in the Sheffield Shield cricket. Yeah, oh mate, we had plenty. Jesus. Oh, oh well, well, that I'm was our six pack of dynasties. I'm one of the PlayStation team. <laughs> 
that's our Don- that's our dynasty six pack. Uh, very good. I think that's the end of the show. Yeah, and then um, next week we've got um, two two of our first guests in, Ricky Costanz, to give us his version of the AFL preview, and then our good mate Luke Andrews for everything punting. Since we're now really heating up, it's one of the biggest gambling weekends next weekend. That's right. Yeah. So next show obviously will will probably be a recap of these finals this week, uh, leading into the grand final. So Ricky coming on for AFL, which will help out us a lot. Uh, Luke is just a degenerate gambler, so this should be fun. Uh, thanks very much for the two people that have left reviews on the podcast. Much appreciated. I think we've got a couple of ratings too, so we're going all right for a couple of weeks on the on the go. So uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, drop us a review. Let us some feedback. Happy to get roasted on Apple. That's fine. Leave us, leave us your comments. It'd be fantastic. Uh, I think that'll be it for this week, mate. Any final remarks? Sean Marsh, if you're listening, please call in. Is this a thing every week? Oh, I'm going for him. He's my white whale. Well, all right. Well, hopefully, Sean, if you do are listening, get your brother Mitch on too. That could be just our other mate here, and we could just talk to him and just act like it's Mitchell Marsh. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Say goodbye, mate. All right, guys. Have fun. Take care.